0: And
1: what's the other? Is there another rule? We
0: need to say something about how nice Selang Selang vest is, is
1: or,
2: uh, are, we, are we rolling here?
1: That was the first email we're I logged. sent him. It was yeah. about vest. I, I know. He, he actually
2: he told me that. God, that's a nice vest. You we check that box
0: for
3: the show that for The show is beginning. Um, we're fortunate enough to have Tyson and Matt in here today. It's a competition between who will move forward.
2: If you want to call it that.
3: <laughs> Eric, yeah, until he goes on the next Thanks vacation, <laughs> we have Eric Maciel, the engineer and sound expert, um, the guy who's responsible for the audio from all the microphones, and we've been getting some complaints that some of the mics aren't working adequately. It's been fixed, by the way. Okay. Oh, yeah, your mic works great. And <laughs> Josh we have, was a little low. He was. Oh, yeah. We're learning. We're in the learning curve. Did you hear that? Josh was a little low.
2: Yeah. I mean, he is a low man.
3: Was it his fault or our fault? Shots fired. What do you say?
2: Guy gets a haircut, a girlfriend, whole new is, man. Is, over
3: Bo- there. Is, is Bob close enough to
1: testing? One, two, three. Um, give us two more inches.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's and like. you
3: can move your chair forward too if you It's want. almost
2: like uncomfortably close. Yeah. How's that? It's Way, perfect. Much better.
3: Much yeah. better. Yeah. <laughs> and you can have move to your change chair the chair foam too. when we're done. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Um, is this the one Josh was using? You're you're a doctor. Is there anything un um, unhygienic? Is that a word? Is there it any, is is there anything unhygienic about sharing microphones?
1: Not unless I mean it's like kissing an escalator.
3: Wow. Hmm. So that's yes, it is yes. unhygienic. Well, Josh did use that. He used it three days
1: ago. I feel closer to him already. Four
3: days ago. Maybe you'll get some of that mojo in your
1: workout. I could use it. Um,
0: Probably safer than this one. Dan Bailey, this one. He's oh, my so God. Splatter shield. I, mean, like
3: a... I commented on his hygiene in the, um, his glandular issues in oh, the yeah, episode. Yeah. Um, and we have Bob Spears. Yes. Visiting from 40 miles north. Saratoga. Of here. Yes. For those of you who don't know, we're in Santa Cruz,
1: California. Um, and Bob is a. Anesthesiologist. Uh, in private practice in the bay area for the last 25 years and when you say what's
3: the difference between private practice and not private practice
1: well there's academic practice which uh, i had no interest in but uh, that puts you in a place like ucsf or uh, stanford
3: do you still put people to sleep do those people still put people to sleep well they have people
1: put people to sleep for them
3: okay so tell me exactly what an anesthesiologist does like you're the broad scope of
1: I am the medical doctor who is responsible for vetting the patient's pre-op, making sure they're cleared medically, bringing them to the operating room, either putting them to sleep or putting parts of their body to sleep, then allowing the surgeon the conditions that he needs to do his surgery, getting the patient safely through the operation, then waking them up safely and getting them to ready to go wherever they're gonna go post-op, either to a hospital bed or to home, if it's an outpatient surgery.
3: And do you and do you, does that um, care continue once they get home? Do you give them pain meds or? Well, we,
1: we'll make sure they have adequate pain meds, and if there are any issues, it'll result in a phone call, either that evening or the next day, just to make sure they're doing okay. If they're an inpatient, they generally get a visit the next day. From you? Yes, from me or one of my partners.
3: And so, stitches to cutting open the cranium you do numbing for all that
1: everything
3: it's not it's so isn't it be below your pay grade to do stitches
1: well i don't put the stitches in but no
3: but i mean numb the finger to do the stitches like would you show up for that
1: no no usually the er doc is going to do that himself but let's say someone has a dislocated hip They'll call me into the ER, and I'll put the patient briefly to sleep while they relocate the hip.
2: What what does that mean, briefly to sleep?
1: Well, (laughs) they've got an IV, and I'll give them some medicine. They're going to drift right off to sleep. I mean, be completely unconscious. And ideally, for like a dislocated hip, you want their muscles to relax. Mm. So you give them enough medicine to get them deeply asleep and relax their muscles, and the ER physician will come in and... Get the hip back into place.
3: So, so there is a level that you don't do numbing for, that you don't do, that you don't give. Like you wouldn't do a a, a deep cut on a finger. A doctor can just do that right there. Yeah, basically. Yeah, okay. that's an easy so, block to do. So, where does it start? Does it have to be life threatening amount of drugs before you're called in? I'm I'm like wondering where it happens. It's where they when need someone who's there
1: going to be potential airway issues. Okay. You want someone doing the anesthetic who's paying attention to one thing and one thing only, and that's the airway. Um, It's not a good idea to have a guy who's doing a procedure on a different part of the body giving enough sedation where you're blunting airway reflexes.
3: Okay, got it. Thank you. I was having trouble asking the question I wanted, but you read my mind. So there's a ton of
1: responsibility with that job. Yeah, a lot.
3: Yeah, it's like that's where like accidental an accident's very bad
1: yeah if we're doing our job right everything is boring and routine if it gets exciting something's gone wrong
3: um and why did you choose that place in medicine as opposed to being a pediatrician or urologist or
1: well um my father was an anesthesiologist and he said number one he said never go to med school (laughs) but if you're stupid enough to go to med school never be an anesthesiologist so i mean that's Naturally. Naturally. That's, that's some I good
2: parenting advice there. right yeah. there. You taking notes, Sivan? <laughs> You're right.
1: <laughs> it, it, literally, it's the most exciting way to make a living in medicine. It's extremely exciting. I said it's you, know, you don't want it to be exciting, but even the routine stuff is exciting. I'm still excited every morning when I get up and go to work. I still have a good time doing my job. In fact, it's not even a job. It's just fun. Why,
0: why did your dad to try to steer you away from it?
1: There's, was, he was around when uh, Medicare uh, started, and there was a lot of government intervention in medicine, and he just wasn't sure it was going to be a good thing to be tied to a hospital. He thought, if you're going to go into medicine, become a surgeon or an internist so you have an office practice outside the hospital. But it hasn't really worked out that way. It's been very good to me.
3: Do you know, so you know the body— Head to toe? Head to toe. And, and, and how long have you been in practice? 25 years. Have you put everything to sleep on the entire body? Is there ever something that comes across your, your plate where you're like, uh-oh, I'm not no. I'm not, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: You no. Know,
1: <laughs> you sure about this? I trained at UCSF, which is one of the busiest anesthesia practices and training programs in the world. So really, when I got finished with my three years as a resident, there was very little... That someone can show me that I hadn't seen before. Now, over the course of the last 25 years, bits and pieces have dribbled in. So at this point, no. I think I've seen it all.
3: That that it, it sounds really intense. It's fun. Yeah. you
1: should you should come one day. We'll get you. Well, you can shadow me and and see what's going on in the OR.
3: The biggest the biggest fear I have of like anyone in my family g- going to surgery or having any surgery or anything is that is being put to sleep. I just I hate the thought of that. That's yeah.
1: generally people's biggest fear. Yeah, yeah, I'm
2: thinking about when I got my knee scoped. I went completely to sleep. I'm thinking maybe maybe that wasn't the right thing. Can they just do me from, like, the hips down? Is that possible?
1: Well, the problem is, is getting that spinal to wear off and getting you to empty your bladder post-op and send you home that same day. Oh, that sounds Young, important. Young, healthy <laughs> guy who's having a knee scope, unless there's a, a big reason not to put him to sleep, you're going to do better going to sleep. You'll have a happier experience. Why did you have
2: your knee scope? What happened? Uh, I hyperextended it and uh, had a, a bucket handle tear in my meniscus. How did you do that? Playing beach volleyball. What haven't I played ever since? Beach volleyball. Ouch. Um, When did CrossFit
3: cross your, how how old are you, Bob?
1: I'll be 60 in January. So
3: you're 59. 59. And when did CrossFit come into your life?
1: Four and a half years ago. Um, Like we were talking about earlier, my son, who's now away at college, uh, wanted to learn how to box. Um, is he going to be a doctor? He's going to be a dancer, computer guy.
3: Sweet. A dancer and a computer yeah. guy.
1: And and a weightlifter, actually. He lifts uh, so a squat com- rack we've got.
3: A computer guy who's not sedentary.
1: Oh, this guy's definitely not sedentary.
3: What kind of dance? Uh, hip-hop. And huh. does he, do the ladies like him?
4: The
1: ladies love him. He has a girlfriend, but the ladies love him. He's very handsome. Is is it, it, I'm getting my son into dancing for that exact reason. he <laughs> stuff on, on, uh, on the internet? Yes. If you go to 2XS, <laughs> 2XS for the University of Michigan, uh, they has got a it. YouTube channel, and how, he's on it.
3: I don't know about you guys, but how many times were you just a, the flower on the wall? And the one guy that could dance at your school was dancing with the 20 ladies, and you're like just a... I was just that goobie. You were trying
2: to find ways to make fun of him to oh, just fight okay. yourself no, not I, dancing? I was
3: too. I was too. I didn't even get to making fun of him. I was just so <laughs> sad that I had no skills. This guy, he but, was no flower. The yeah. first
1: time we knew he was dancing, we sent him to a snowboard camp up in Mount Hood one summer. Uh-huh. And he had an okay time with the snowboard, but we saw a bunch of pictures of him. Uh, he's maybe eight years old. He had a crowd of about 500 people around him doing some hip-hop dancing. And a at, talent at contest. Eight? At eight. At eight. Oh, so he's been at this for a while. And he taught himself all on YouTube by himself.
3: At the trainer summit every year, the L one team, Dave and Nicole run a trainer summit every year for the, you know, those elite trainers that are part of their cadre, that yeah. L one team. And they do a at the end they have a party and there's always dancing. And they are amazing dancers. It is yeah. it I want to say when we were I was watch. in
2: Nashville for the Central Regional. And uh, they've got that main street in nashville and we turned the corner started walking down it and on the corner there's like the third story of a bar and you could see in it and there was chuck carswell just lighting up the room <laughs> like on fire flames you know coming chuck out is, the windows. no okay
3: Chuck's at one of the l1 trainers but i know you know a lot about crossfit
1: well, yeah, I've learned it all from you guys.
3: I checked your. I, we know we need to talk about Chuck more. I checked your Instagram, and it. it, it I mean, it looks like our CrossFit WOD of the day Instagram. The way you post all your workouts. All, and like, those are for yeah.
1: my. I've got a brother uh, in Afghanistan. He's a private contractor in Afghanistan. And he was getting fat and out of shape, just like me. And we made the agreement to uh, both work out. So I make sure he sees my workout every day. And sometimes he does it. Sometimes he doesn't. But if he's not doing what I did, he's doing something else. You were fat. 220 pounds. Couldn't run 50 yards. Couldn't go up, a, you know, three flights of stairs. Couldn't hit a heavy bag without my whole You're body. You're a doctor.
3: Hurting. Aren't you supposed to know better? Like I mean, when... I'm supposed to know better. I was yeah. too
1: busy being a doctor.
3: Is that is that embar- is that embarrassing being a, being a fat doctor like I'll go to the doctor and he's like checking me out for my health or something or you know like asking me to cough and I'm just looking at him being like I mean you look like sh-. I'm I'm judging him. It yeah, well, it I'm wasn't on until him. very I teach late him something.
1: until very late that I discovered myself feeling that way. Like and you it, weren't a good good role model. I wasn't a good role model and I you know I've got, when I meet a patient, generally I meet them 10 minutes before surgery. So I've got about 10 minutes to make a good impression and make them, you know, really confident that I'm going to get them through this and keep them alive. And the physicality I was presenting was not adequate.
3: That's cool. And mm. it's,
1: it's much better now, That's much cool. better now.
3: And you're noticing a different reaction from your
2: patients? Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah, that's really, really cool. What was that definitive moment where you realized there needed to be a change?
1: Well, it was a combination of hitting that heavy bag in the boxing place and feeling my whole body hurt. Seeing these people coming in and out of that uh, CrossFit affiliate and then thinking to myself, you know, I can do that. I so can. you were,
3: sorry, you were parked in front of a CrossFit affiliate waiting for your son to finish a yeah, boxing class. Yeah, these people were coming in and, and out, they were these... running
1: intervals and things.
3: You see the cult going on.
1: So I, what I did uh, one day is I put on some shorts and uh, got some shoes and said, I'm just going to go run around the block and see how I feel. At your house? No, it, at, at, the at the affiliate. <laughs> oh. I'm waiting on my son. Hey, that's bold. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is bold. Yeah, not yeah, a I route got, many people would take. I <laughs> yeah. got about 50 meters and start, had to walk. And I mean, that was a real wake up call because when I was younger, as we told you earlier, I was doing martial arts and I was in fairly good shape. And I thought that I could carry that, you know, into my 80s and absolutely not.
4: Wow.
0: Yeah. In my mind, I pictured them, like the class, leaving for like a 400 and you just like trying to join in.
4: Yeah, and, then, and they get a free and
3: they get a free uh, class in just yeah. in with them.
2: So I try to do when I'm late to class. Sometimes just catch them on the run, just blend in. Yeah, <laughs> there the whole time. That's
3: cool. So you do that run. Let me go. Let, I want to go back to the um, the patients. Was there ever an interaction with a patient where a specific one in general, where where you recall the feeling of 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 your physicality of your health being um, inappropriate?
4: Something that you couldn't stand behind? Towards
1: the end, when when you see the patients in pre-op, you talk to them and then you need to get an IV started on them. And generally what you do is you kneel down next to the bed um, while you're talking to them to get an IV started. And I started to notice that it was getting harder to kneel down because my gut was in the way. And then once I was down, it was getting really hard to get back up. So a couple of times, it's you know I'm making these noises as I'm getting up, and I can see the look in the patient's face. It's like, who is this guy? Is he going to be able to take care of me?
3: <laughs> did your did your son ever remark make any remarks about your weight? Is he no, weight? and no?
1: my wife didn't either, and which is amazing because she is one fit individual and has been
3: the whole relationship. The whole relationship. So you had good role models around you. You had a son who was very physical and athletic, and you had a wife who was very physical yes. and athletic. Yes. Yeah. But you were just fixated on your job and your work hard
1: really hard
0: it's kind of a culture of i mean all all of you guys are workaholics you mean in the the medical you mean in the hospital behind the hospital doors it's probably just so
1: normal it's completely normal
3: drink drink drinks drink drink soda pop coffee coffee, donuts
1: hospital food it's it's all bad i had to make big changes and all of that stuff
3: i'm trying to think what's the hospital here sutter where yeah. I go, I love the we're- hospital, but um, you go in there and there's a, uh, they have like the little store down there and it's, it's more candy than you've ever seen in your life. That's right. It's more than like the candy store that's across the street from the Monterey Aquarium. I mean, you wouldn't believe the candy at Sutter Hospital. I mean, you should, you, if you were a candy person, you could go there and just shop for candy. Like it'd be a good stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. you are going to the candy store. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> so, okay. So you. You run the 50 meters, you're, you, you almost die. I almost die. What's the next step from there?
1: I walked in, I said, I need to know what this place is about. Um, Courtney Maxwell, who's the affiliate owner. Um,
3: what's the name of the gym?
1: Uh, it was CrossFit Campbell, now it's Max Fit Campbell. He's moved from, from one location to another. We got a little bit bigger place now. Okay. Um, I talked to him, he explained to me what's going on. He said, why don't you come back next week and we'll uh, do an evaluation. So I came back the next week. Um, He put me through some movements, looking at my shoulder mobility, how I could squat, and then we did the uh, seven-minute test wad, which he gives everybody, which is I think it's seven air squats, seven burpees, seven wall balls, as many rounds as possible. Do you like that, Tyson? That's
0: so funny. It's it's almost identical to the workout that I I owned an affiliate for a lot of years. Our baseline was a seven-minute hand wrap. Well ball, yeah, similar okay. at, across telling, the Santa Cruz too. 50, 55
3: year old guy yeah. though doing burpees? Cool.
0: Oh, I did them. Oh, yeah? No, no, the, the great thing about that workout is it's like it's totally self regulating. You know? like, <laughs> right. You can't overdo it. Well, it. well, it actually would happen quite often where people would push their limits, but you know, as a, as a coach, as a trainer, you can really obsess and learn a lot about who you're dealing with. Based on their ability to move through those that range of those ranges of motion, and 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 you really get a, a really strong glimpse at like where their fitness is. Trying to work through two movements that require a lot of range of motion.
3: And you're you're 55 at the time. 55. Six foot.
1: Six foot. At that point, probably 215 pounds. Okay, big guy. Big guy. Yep. Gut. Gut. Soft. Okay. And I got three rounds into it, ran into the bathroom, hurled <laughs> my guts out, and that go. was it.
3: Three, round, so how, was three rounds. So was three rounds. Was that the complete seven minutes? Or
1: no, I couldn't go seven minutes. I was about five minutes into it, I think. Wow, s- self-regulating. And, uh, Twenty reps of each of those things. Yeah, did hurls. you have
3: any idea that would happen?
1: No, none. I thought, oh, this sounds easy. I'm going to blow through this. No problem. Okay, would, that was a wake-up call.
0: Kill me if I... I'm not even going to say his name. I, can't <laughs> <laughs> I put somebody
4: through
0: that workout, and same sort of deal, and, and it evoked the same response.
4: It
1: wow. was a it was a wake know? up call.
3: Do I know? Yeah. I do. Gary? No, not, yeah. Hey, who who, who who was it? Tyson? Not, I can't Does he work in this office? Yeah. Who was it? We'll talk about it. After. Does he <laughs> work in this office though? Uh,
0: no. Eric? Yeah, it was me too. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> was it? Oh. oh. <laughs> It, it's just a brutal it's a brutal it is workout and the great you know the great thing about it is it's um, it's, it's, it, it's like a go to you can always just have that in your back pocket
2: as I a, should as do a, it as, yeah. as a baseline
0: yeah, no 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 not the, just as a fantastic workout you're in a pinch you don't have a lot of time minimal equipment I've been crossfitting for 10 years like I've been crossfitting for 11 years that I'll still do that workout if I'm in a pinch because it is so potent and like the fitter you get just the harder you go it's a,
1: it's a great workout. I'm afraid. I haven't done it since. I may maybe I'll go back and do oh, it you again. Do it.
2: Mm-hmm. I bet you get more than three you
1: rounds.
4: Do it today. Okay. <laughs> you got a bucket down there, right? <laughs>
3: We're gonna do something today. Okay. So you go in, you do the eval, Yeah. you puke in the bathroom.
1: Yes. I decide that this is really bad. I need to do something about this. So I'm gonna have to make big changes in everything in terms of my work schedule I wanna I wanna commit time to fixing this problem so what I do is I sign up with one of his trainers for privates for six weeks my advice is to if you can afford it to go with privates for you know at least a couple of months That's just gonna give you a little more confidence when you get into the class situation I you know I worry that someone who was in the shape that I was in would go to those classes and just be overwhelmed that's, and give up.
0: It's cool that you asked that because I was actually just thinking kind of the same thing. Like, there's an important lesson here for the affiliate owners out there who are listening to this or watching this. If you don't, offer, if you don't offer something like that, you may be missing an entire demographic of people out there who who may not ever show up at your gym. The, certainly, the older athlete by the class. So, if you don't offer personal training, maybe you ought to consider that. That's
3: interesting or or also to be hyper aware that if someone like bob does enter a class scale yeah, yeah. Well, scale the shit out of it yeah. like we've had some new hires here who um have just started crossfit and um they've been doing it a month and they look strong and yeah. fit already to me but they're still using pvc because because jenny is really scaling them you know and i can tell it's a little frustrating for them but i can also tell that they're getting fitter and stronger right. Right? she runs
2: a great class down there i took, right. it, I took it this morning
3: you did? Yeah. I thought you were above that.
2: No way, man. Class? Yeah, yeah. I do. I go to that class too. Yeah, yeah. The, I got, I go I to two affiliates.
3: Matt's one of the fitter people. He's not as fit as Carrie, that guy I showed you in the hallway. Yeah. but Carrie's not. injured.
1: Well, let me ask you a question then, because I, yeah. I do this. Um, and as, as a coach, do you, is it okay for me to scale when we're doing a workout independently? If if I think I'm not going to be able to get through the workout at whatever weight you prescribed or rep scheme you prescribed, what I do now is I'll scale it myself so that I'm finishing at the same time as the top 25 percent of the people. I feel better about myself when I do that, and it allows me to keep moving versus mm-hmm. trying to do 95 pound thrusters in Fran. And, and I think I think that's to stop.
2: that's the importance of scaling. You have to look at the RX workout. You know, what's the intention of this? How long do I want these athletes to be working for? What type of response am I trying to elicit? And then you can scale according to that. And you, can, you can change your reps, time, whatever. I think he be.
3: agrees with you there. He's referencing gym etiquette. Oh. He's saying, am I right? He's saying he walks in there and, and the coach has the bar lined up for him. And he's like, Bob, get at that. And Bob's like, I, I'm, I'm going to be here for 15 minutes and I don't want that stimulus. I want the stimulus of, to do the six minute Fran so, I want to make it 65 pounds.
2: Yeah. I, is that is that right?
1: Well, no, I mean, my coach is really good about oh. letting me scale, but oh, I just right. that. wondered well, if, so, that, was, so, if so, that was everybody. I mean, yeah.
2: So, what I was getting at is I think it takes the familiarity of the coach with the athlete to be able to prescribe a correct scale. And that is not easy. I think that's oftentimes more difficult for coaches, especially in this landscape, to scale appropriately for athletes than it is to, you know, program for the top end
3: error on the side of light
2: over heavy
0: yeah
3: always
2: but also just just knowing you know what progressions of movements and where athletes are i think a lot of coaches struggle with that
0: i think matt i think you hit the nail on the head with the first thing you said which is you have to understand the intended stimulus so whether as a as an athlete or as a coach that's that's what you need to be asking yourself is what Am I going to hit the intended stimulus if I do the Zardex? If not, what is the proper scale? Mm,
2: and, a lot-
3: and is the intended stimulus for Fran, Frankoff, and forearms where you can't <laughs> It's supposed to be
2: in. intensity, so, exactly. I mean, you want
4: to wanna, you
0: see good range of motion and, and you want to see intensity. And, and, you know, as a coach, if I were, if I were coaching still, um, I, would, I would try and have all of my members coming in at under five, six minutes. And anyone that's working 10 minutes, I don't think I did my job right for friend mm-hmm. specifically. Yeah. And if you have a. It's intended to be a short time domain, high intensity
2: workout. And if, if there's a 10 to 12, maybe 15 person class, that's not easy to do. No. If you've got more than half the class scaling, say you've got five people who are doing RX, they've done it before, it's like, okay, fine. You go do your thing, you know what you're doing. And then the rest of them are scaling all individually different. That gets challenging.
0: Question too, Uh, is an athlete in a class? Is it okay just just scale yourself? Was kind of that was kind of the way you asked the question, right? I I think far too often, just the regular affiliate, you know, box goer, um, doesn't do that nearly as often as they should. I, I think the answer is scale and scale often, you know. Good. I think this Nothing to, bad's gonna happen if you there's scale. There's a strong desire for people to go to go RX, um, but it's, it's, I think. I
3: Do you think still I have, have that at 59? I, I feel I feel like I'm 45, and I feel like when I at 34 I started CrossFit. It was all about RX, RX, RX. No, and, and now I'm like, f- something happened a couple of years ago. Maybe it was I had kids or something, and. Um, <laughs>
1: That was one of the... Uh, Maybe I... Look at this. Look at this. He, I saw that. <laughs>
3: yeah, that is my wife I blew a kiss to. <laughs> PPC. <laughs> you, can I get you on my Instagram feed, too? We have a special... Uh, These guys have a special bond. A special
2: guest appearance <laughs> by the Dave Castro. You want, you want, you want to give him to hop on? Who, is he coming
3: in? Are you hey. he coming in? Yeah, have him come in. Have you want him, come you in. want him on this one?
2: Sure, either way. Doesn't, no, he's leaving. Is okay. he coming in? That didn't look like it.
1: No, that, was a, that was a light bulb moment for me when I realized that I'm going to be better off scaling myself and realizing that there's a whole bunch of different stuff that you can do. I can scale the weights. I can scale the number of reps. I can even scale what I'm doing. You weren't embarrassed. I wasn't embarrassed at all. And I started to feel a lot better about myself when I realized now I'm finishing you know, close to the same time as the fire breathers are. And if I'm doing that, I think I'm scaling it just right. I feel good about myself, and I can keep moving the whole time.
3: And the weights are still crazy, right? I mean, it's still well, the like, weights.
1: Are, yeah, I'm doing things that I couldn't imagine myself doing five years ago,
2: right? But there's, there's actually there's one workout. Eric, go back to his Instagram feed. I scrubbed through it earlier today. There's one I want to look at here. So go,
1: go oh, back. There I am. So Older or look at That party belly.
2: Um, go, go up. It's way back. Yeah, I want to see the checkered. Go all the way to the top. So,
3: Bob, have you done your L one while we look for this? I haven't, but I I, I want to do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really surprised you haven't done it. Keep look, going I mean, down. I, look at how much you post so, about CrossFit. What? How did you find out about CrossFit uh, nutrition then?
1: But it wasn't until I started to tighten up my nutrition that I noticed some real gains. And what
3: were the what were the big what were the big things that you cut out and the new things you brought in?
1: Soda. Reduce the uh, amount of juice. Uh, Do you just, look
3: back at the old Bob and be like, oh my God, I can't believe I ever drank soda or juice? No,
1: I it, and I did. Lots of it. Lots of fast food. My, Do
3: you still crave soda or juice? No, not at all.
1: Yeah, it's weird how... Not I can't even
3: believe I used to drink that shit. Yeah. Um,
1: it's amazing. We got rid of cereals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, got rid of anything that came in a box. Um, just started shopping around the outside of the grocery store, eating a lot of meat, a lot of fresh vegetables. Um, I was... Strict paleo, like he said in the book, for thirty days, gluten free actually for the thirty days as well, and now we've sort of scaled it back a little bit uh, to hopefully you know seventy-five or eighty percent compliant. Both of us are eating better.
3: You and your Mm wife, and what is your son jump? Did your son jump on board?
1: No, he's still eating uh, McNuggets, (laughs) whatever he wants, whatever (laughs) he wants. Nineteen, and he's you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: Sorry, Matt. Go now, um, back to your, so you're scaling, so this workout you did 21-15-9, and it's hang power clean with the barbell? Barbell. Barbell, okay, and then burpee. Was yes. that a spin-off of something? Did you scale that down? or No,
1: that was the, that was the workout that he had, but he uh, for the males, he uh, prescribed 95 pounds, and the burpees were jumping over the bar. I don't jump over the bar, I step over the bar. Yeah. That's fine. And that's how I scaled it. Why,
3: why, you know, like, why, don't you, why don't you jump over the bar?
1: I tore my uh, plantar fascia. Oh. I don't like to do anything explosive okay. off, my, uh, off my toes. And was, when did you do that? Um, in February. Oh, okay. So I, And I was just doing high skips. That was it. And I w- went up in the air, heard a loud pop, was sure it was my Achilles while I was in the air. Thought I was going to hit the ground and crumble, and it, I didn't. But it was definitely my plantar fascia.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and sorry sorry matt to hijack this and when you were injured w- w- did you stop training or did you work around that injury? i worked
1: around it i did uh, nothing explosive with the feet i did a lot of squatting a lot of rowing and that's when i started stopped running and got on the assault bike i started using that
3: okay yeah that's that's some crossfit work around work around the injury got a minute or are you busy? Uh, I'm I'm a little busy. When <laughs> okay. uh, you get
0: a second, like any minute now. Okay. Why
3: don't you just text me? Okay, thank
0: you. How many times has Dave appeared on
3: the show? I think three or four times. Hey, Dave, do you want to do a podcast after this, me and you? I'm good, bro. All right. Um... When when I when I first went to my L one, I remember Greg saying something along the lines of uh, animals when they're when they're injured. You know, Mama Lion's out in the wild. Something happens to her. She has her paw torn off, or she's injured, or whatnot. She can't take a break. There's no there's no lay down and rest for a month. That that animal is designed to work around injury, and to heal while being injured, and to heal while moving. And ever since I heard that, it, it, it really is true. Anytime I've had any aches or pains, I mean, you have to be smart. You have to be very smart, but
1: staying still. Doesn't work.
3: No. We have so many different movements
1: work. that we have access to. There's, you can always work around, always. So you embrace CrossFit.
3: 18 months later, you embrace nutrition. Yes. The new, uh, changing your n- nutrition. And and, and now you've been doing it for four?
1: Be five years in April.
3: This video that you saw that Greg did, um, the world's most vexing problem? Yes. You did see that? I did. And before, as we were walking into the office, you were saying that 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 was spot on. What stuck with you in there? What resonated with you in there?
1: It's what a huge problem soda and carbohydrates is for the world. You guys in this office, you see one end of the spectrum. You see a bunch of really healthy people walking around. I see the complete other end of that curve. The people I see at the hospital have for decades been drinking soda, eating Big Macs, french fries, and they've got the full gamut of chronic disease, diabetes, obesity, hypertension. The one thing that uh, Coach didn't mention And it's a big part of the problem, is smoking and COPD. That's a big overlay to this problem.
3: COPD, what's that?
1: Chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, emphysema. Okay. From smoking. People
3: are still smoking. It's weird. Like I don't. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh
1: yeah. I mean, in my world, everybody smokes. All these, all my patients. Okay. If they're there for surgery, more than likely they're smoking.
3: And and I'm assuming all of the being overweight seriously complicates any surgery that would be less, far less complicated for someone like like us.
1: Yes, yes, because taking the, care of an, a morbidly obese person and doing an anesthetic on them is really difficult.
3: Because targeting this, they, the right- They've sc-
1: got all of the, I mean, it's, it's the full range. They're hard to find veins on, so it's hard to get an IV in. Uh, their airways are hard to manage because their necks are so thick. They're hard to intubate. Um, they're extremely hard to position a lot of times uh, in the operating room once they're asleep you've got to pick them up put them prone Um, so has that helped
3: doing CrossFit doing that absolutely flipping them over 100% I I now know how (laughs) to move these patients yeah Yeah. if the cure is CrossFit if it is um, change of diet um, cut out the carbs stay away from the sedentary lifestyle why aren't people doing it it seems so easy cheaper
1: no, oh, carbohydrates are cheaper.
3: Uh, in terms of medical care. Like, would I rather spend a week, a week with you, or would I rather spend a couple hours a day? I mean, I mean what do you see? Is it, is, it, is it ignorance? Is it laziness? Is it avoiding discomfort? Is there's this-
1: no education.
0: Yeah, I people don't know what they don't know. No. You know, they're and there's a, better, better than
3: Like people who are eating they- cornflakes for breakfast and being like, oh, I eat a healthy breakfast.
1: Right.
2: Okay. It's, like, it's, it's like, still the norm. The it's not healthy. Wait, so, where, where are they getting most of their dietary direction? Well, I
1: mean, daytime TV. Yeah, I was going to say, Government.
0: even on day t- daytime TV, there's such, do I mean, doc- there's such an incredible uh, amount of information that's being put out there. And so much of it conflicts.
1: Do doctors know? Some do, some don't. I still hear a lot of, we need to get you on a low fat diet, um, which. <laughs> You know, is
3: that taught in medical school? How, where, where do? Where do physicians get their bad? We had,
1: I think we had two weeks of nutrition over a four-year medical school huh. course, and it was the food triangle.
2: Okay. Yeah,
0: as I said, look look, diet stuff. I mean, that, that starts that starts in health class in junior high. Yeah, I mean, it's it's,
2: it's the. I think, I think it was recently changed in oh four. Have you have you prescribed anyone um, CrossFit?
1: I've talked to my patients about it, yeah. you bet. And, have, you know,
3: have any of them embraced it?
1: Not that I know of. Okay. I've taken care of, I think, four or five CrossFitters now. I ask every patient uh, that I take care of what they do and how they stay fit now. It's part of my routine questions. So uh, even if they're not fit, someone comes in, you'll be like, you give them the chance to answer that question? Yeah, yeah I ask them what they do for exercise, and I've uh, you know, found four or five patients who were CrossFitters, and, and let me tell you, they make the best patients. They're so easy to take care of. They tolerate an anesthetic well. They go to sleep quickly. They're stable while they're asleep. They're easy to move around on the bed. They wake up quickly, they go home quickly, and they have very few post-op problems.
3: Do you do, um, do, you do cosmetic surgery in
1: terms of giving? The, the, the vast majority of what I'm doing now is that. Wow, that was that was the thing that I had to in order to make time to do CrossFit and you know sort of maintain my body. I had to change my practice a little bit. So I'm spending less time at the hospital and more time in a couple of outpatient centers that we have doing right. anesthetics for cosmetic surgery.
3: So so everything, whatever whatever.
1: Liposuction, facelifts, rhinoplasties, breast augmentations.
3: And the, are, those, are those all like
1: vanity surgeries? Yeah.
3: And the, and the reason why
1: I ask is before we were talking about
3: being afraid to be put under. And that, that would seem like an... Op- I, I'm always kind of blown away at how massive that industry is. Because I would never be put to sleep for- to have a button nose. Like, no, I just can't, I can't, I can't risk it. You know, you know what I mean. I'm right there with you. Didn't uh, didn't I think Kanye West didn't his mom pass away? Yeah, there was. I think it was famous
1: story. Yeah, I heard that story. I don't. I don't know all the details, but
0: that's interesting. I've had to go under a couple times, and I don't have a phobia of that like at all. For some
1: reason. Yeah,
3: I don't know if it's a phobia. It's just you're completely um, you're helpless. Yeah, you're at the.
1: you get on an airplane, don't you? Yeah.
3: Okay, same yeah. thing. Yeah, I got a mantra for that. Same thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: did we talk about that?
3: Probably. I used to fly a lot, and uh, I never got, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like afraid of it. I always get on the plane, but I'm never like 100% comfortable. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't just, it's not like driving
1: well, none of my patients are 100% comfortable, but the yeah. ones who come in and they're just, they're just a little nervous. They've got, they're worried well. That's right where you want them.
3: Right. Yeah, that's good. How much longer will you do CrossFit? Is there, do you think you have a, a timeline? Like when you're 80, are you going to stop? Or are you going to? I
1: don't plan on stopping.
3: Just keep going.
1: Just keep going.
3: Yeah. My mom started when she was 69, and sometimes I'll hear her rattle off that nonsense. Oh, I'm not sure how much longer I can do this. And it's like, I almost
1: feel like she doesn't get it, right? It, it's I, an I, I, I integral to... part of my life now. It's like breathing.
0: We, we, mm-hmm. uh, sorry. We've, we've, more and more stories seem to be surfacing. We're putting a lot of emphasis on it. I'm sure that's why. But we're finding more and more stories of older people who are crossfitting. Um, we've just got an amazing piece. It's going to be in the journal soon on a guy named George the 90 okay, nine, 94 eight. years old yep and uh, an amazing story and then Matt you just posted this uh, this morning on the CrossFit handle on oh, the box jump what's gym. the guys name uh, seven, 72 years old doing a 38 box jump yeah Bob I
2: think I hey mo-
0: one of the most impressive parts about it is the way he comes off the box too yeah see it? he looks super no,
2: athletic I haven't yeah. seen it
0: watch yeah. this right here yeah. on the TV
2: Mike, i did
3: see that this too. yeah look at
2: this Oops. wow wow that guy's touching the bottom of the rim for sure wow that's really <laughs>
0: impressive and then how about
1: that oh wow
3: wow <laughs> wow wow he needs shorts those sweats are impeding his movement yeah makes, i'd like to see sense. him in a pair of shorts wow that's really impressive <laughs> that's amazing yeah.
1: that's a guy who doesn't make noise when he gets up out of the couch Right, and that—that's my goal. Is I want to be able to get up out of a chair without making noise. And this guy's achieved it.
2: You mean like grunt? Right. Um, What country is that? uh, UK. England, I'm pretty sure.
1: I I like those pads. I want those pads to stack
2: like that for Avi. This is actually the gym that has the. uh, There's a guy who's scaled um, Everest like 14 times. This is his gym. His name escapes me. We
0: have uh, you're not Sorry. no no you go ahead we, we have another we have another cool video coming in soon on uh, two two masters athletes uh, games athletes back from New York why is his name slipping me at the moment um, we featured him in the journal a couple times actually
3: um, I want to talk about someone's penis so hey, do you want you me to talk playing about playing it with, while, <laughs> <laughs> while you're as long as we have two, the doctor two, here two
4: guys in their 70s
0: competed in the team series that we're on a team together and they oh yeah. Had, um, and the, yeah oh the yeah 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 from the black box in New York.
3: Yeah 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 and the other guy also same awesome. age I want to see some ID. That guy's been around forever. <laughs> Prove it. Um, that guy George, I think that Tyson said he's ninety four years old. Mm-hmm. One of his goals do you remember that? What that? Is to have sex every at least once a year every year. Is that the guy? <laughs> once a year. I know we did a video <laughs> on some guy in his nineties, and that was one of his goals. And I was like, wow, that's uh, um, you know, talk about taking stuff for granted.
0: Yeah. That's my goal. Yeah.
2: <laughs> is is there an age where erectile dysfunction typically kicks in? Like, is that the prohibiting factor
1: here? It depends on your, you know, your health.
0: It depends on what your voluntary behaviors are, right?
1: That's right. If okay. you've got diabetes or hypertension, it could kick in at 40. That's terrifying.
2: They have pills for that. <laughs> I don't want to take a pill.
1: <laughs> Think of a pill as just like, it's like adding nitrous to your car. Okay, It's, it's not a crutch. It's just, it's just turbocharging your car. Instead of fixing the issue right. or the part which, that's broken.
0: which, If I understand and, what you're saying correctly, can actually cause more damage to the car.
1: Eventually, yes. Okay. <laughs> Burnt. The pill, no.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> I I I think that the most consumed drug in the United
1: States is it's either Cialis or Viagra. Yeah. In terms of uh, certainly, in terms of dollar amount, no doubt. So you have to presume that.
3: I mean, I would presume that 90% of people are using it recreationally and not uh, for medicinal purposes. You okay. know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like when when a drug gets like that, like Vicodin, like those people are, or like, Oxycontin, those people uh, aren't taking okay. it because yeah. that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not because they need it, but because yeah, recreationally. Just, yeah. It's like okay. they're cheating. They're putting cork in the bat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like this is. I feel like is there anything? I feel like we touched on a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Is there? Is there any? Do you have any personal health problems you want to ask, Matt?
2: Feel free. <laughs> personal health problems? Uh, no. I no no not at all. I have
0: a question. What What would you like to see happen in the medical field with, with, amongst your colleagues um, in the future, moving forward?
1: I think the probably the best thing that we could do would be to put a CrossFit gym in the hospital so doctors could be exposed to it. I've been lobbying for that, even just a pull-up bar in the doctor's lounge. I feel like if we could introduce physicians, even at a young age, to this whole concept, it's a great way to get the word out because we're just a conduit to all these sick people. And I think it's just another way we could help them
3: that that exists actually yeah kirby right yeah. i mean i mean not in many hospitals but have you seen some of the articles and videos we've done where there are crossfit um, gyms in hospitals no but i like that idea okay
2: I'll make sure you yeah we'll get those to you yeah, it's, okay it's, it's kirby medical about a year and a half ago i think we published that what what about the inverse of that what about putting doctors into affiliates say as like you would be a coach but you know a doctor that has the credentials that you have
1: well i think we make good coaches um we've just got a little bit different view than a regular fitness coach. Um I'm going to get my L1 and hopefully, you know, as I wind down my practice, I'll wind up my coaching practice.
3: It's like what should come first, the chicken or the egg, right? And you need both. You you need doctors in the CrossFit boxes. And you need CrossFit boxes in the Yeah, well, you
1: know what in in terms of what how coach puts it, I want to I don't want to be just a lifeguard. I want to be a swim coach too.
3: Right. You like that? That's an that's an amazing. I like that concept. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that's a great metaphor.
0: Yeah, I was going to take that another step too. You know, we we're we're actively engaged in a, in a war that you alluded to earlier. Um, you know, against sugar and and bad carbohydrates, and you know, this fight against soda and all this kind of stuff, right?
3: We we are engaged in a war, and we and and we we've. We've run over many people, um, fortunately. Many bad guys. Um, no one is suing us, but we are, um, some people have tried to say some really, some things that are just absolutely not true about us and they've been run over. We are on the offensive. Yeah. Um, we-, we are in a war, and another way Greg talks about it is we're in a war for metabolism. Right. There's you know, people like Coca-Cola, Pepsi, et cetera, fighting for the metabolism, to get control of your metabolism, and then there's us, we're trying to get control, give people another opportunity.
0: Right. Sorry, it's go. almost like anyone who's been, you know, really paying attention. We, you know, Greg and CrossFit spent a decade um, delivering elite level fitness, and if people have been paying attention, there's been. It, it's not that we're engaged in something new. We've always, we've, our nutrition um, guidelines have always been the same, you know, for well over a decade. And, you know, but there's been a shift in our efforts a little bit, and now it's delivering elite level health. And that, and, and what that looks like is, it looks like this war against soda, this
4: war against sugar, right?
3: We're drowning in the fittest people in the world. No one's arguing that CrossFit will make you fitter than any other person on the planet, right? Right. right. So now, but we can't let the, uh, we can't let that become our only identity because the truth is, is like you've discovered, it saves people's lives. It does, right? right. Right. And, and that's the real miracle. Who cares right. if
1: you have a three-minute frame versus a three-minute Fran? And if it doesn't save your life, it can still improve your life and change your dramatically. life dramatically.
0: Dramatically. Right. And that just to wrap up my point. Um, so yes, it would be amazing to see affiliates in hospitals, and that like right, very directly hits one of two of the, our prongs, right? One being constantly very functional movement performed at high intensity, but. But the, the drum that we're really banging and we're banging loud and, and, and we're banging it daily or pissing a lot of people off while we're at it is is the other you know prong which is is nutrition yeah you know and that's the war that we're really engaged in so I guess that was kind of the nature of my question like you, you know you mentioned even when you found crossFit, when did you really notice the change
1: when I changed my nutrition? Exactly. no doubt, exactly. no doubt exactly.
0: mm-hmm. right. So, and you say, you know, you you described...
3: By the way, let me add one thing. For all those people out there who are listening, that's one of the the blessings of going to an affiliate. First of all, once you take your L1, you'll notice the foundation of CrossFit is nutrition. And Greg will say, if you're not doing the CrossFit nutritional method, then you're not doing CrossFit. I don't care about all the movements. Second of all, if you go and start hanging out in an affiliate, your diet will just change. Yes. Like through osmosis. And one day you won't drink soda anymore. Just go there and just be with those people. You're going to do what they do. Sorry. Go ahead, Tyson. Yeah.
0: Uh, No, but (coughs) you you explained who you've been treating for 25 years. And it's this group of people that share um, a lot of the same... um, Lifestyle habits. behaviors, right? Yes. Uh, And they choose to eat things they shouldn't eat. And and, and if they're naive to what they're doing to themselves, I get that. That's true. Um, You know, but, but... if, if, you know, if, if you explained in your, in your personal experience, you really saw things really take off once you change some of those eating behaviors. Um, that's that's kind of what I think we want to see. Is like, how long does it take for, in the medical community, do we see proper information come funneling it down
1: about you know, nutrition
0: from doctors? Yeah, yeah, about nutrition, about nutrition.
1: Well, like I said, two weeks in a 4 year medical school program we got nutrition and i'm going to guarantee you it's still the same we just don't get that much nutrition information it's a, it's a, amazing. it's
0: amazing How many times well
1: it's
4: young
1: and i uh, talked
3: to at, at hospitals and, and yeah hospitals and around. universities yeah cool. on the regular
1: got to go to the, cool. got to go talk to the second and third year medical students that's where you want to get them
0: Didn't Greg just say that at breakfast
1: today yes it's,
3: it's an amazing message he delivers, and I'm always surprised at how well the physicians in the room take it. They really, really take it well, especially when he does the lifeguard swim coach mm-hmm. analogy. I'm always afraid that they're going to take offense to it, but they don't. And really, um, he isn't being offensive. He realizes that, as I'm sure we all do, that when you get in a car accident, you need a doctor. You don't need to do burpees. There's a place for doctors. Let's free them up so that they can do take care of the accidents in life, not take care of people who have that making bad lifestyle choices, right? Bad behaviors.
1: But we have a lot of sway with the patients and it, it, there's a, a place for us to be coaches as well. For sure. Uh, because we can, you know, give them the information, give them the nutritional information, but we have to have it ourselves first.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. I say the majority of public, they trust their personal physician, their doctor.
1: Absolutely.
2: And if there's that level of trust, I mean, why not give them the proper information?
3: I will say this: It is difficult being a CrossFitter and <clears> being armed with the information we have to go into a doctor's office and him tell you some of the stuff that you just know is not true. Like, the, like when they start talking to you about exercise or take it easy or that cleans are dangerous or that there's a there's a there's things that they say that. Um, they feel like the worried grandmother sometimes. You know, like I heard um, Greg say that if you're going to in, improve your cardiovascular health, you're going to have to take risk with orthopedic calamity. And I feel like, like we've lost that. Like, of course. Of course, if you run and lift weights and blah, 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 you do CrossFit, you had some plantar fasciitis uh, issues. You're going to get some injuries. Right. But, but, that's the, but you're also going to live to 90 and be able to wipe your own ass the entire
4: time. I, it's, it's still, a, a I still I still
1: hear it from some of my orthopedic colleagues when you know I start talking about my CrossFit, which you know as you know it's all you can do talk about CrossFit. Right? Um, they say, "Oh, my office is full of you guys. You know, great. You're, you're gonna hurt yourself. You're you're you know it's no good. Stop it. Don't put anything over your head."
3: We had a guy, and he was the number one draft pick of the Houston. Astros yeah. and he was only the third time a left handed pitcher I think had ever been the first round pick Indiana. is that who it was Indiana. and and he did CrossFit the entire time and, and there's this um, you know, general rule of thumb with pitchers don't lift any weights overhead and yet he'd been doing CrossFit whole, <laughs> his whole life I mean it's just yeah it's amazing
1: well I think that's good Thanks for having me. For your first visit. This place is a blast. Cool. Yeah. Let's
0: go get a workout.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Let's go get a workout. Awesome. <laughs> All right.